Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, where your host, Andy Jacob, interviews leading entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs about their incredible companies and discusses their unique entrepreneurial journeys. If you're the CEO or founder of an exciting and exceptional company, the editorial team of Dotcom Magazine welcomes you to pitch your business story to appear on this exciting interview series by reaching out to Mr. Jacob at Dotcom Magazine at dotcommagazine.com. And without further ado, here is another amazing entrepreneurial story on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Hello, everybody. Andy Jacob here with the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Well, this is a great show that I have today lined up because we always talk about innovation. I mean, some of the entrepreneurs we have on the show, I mean, all they can talk about is innovation and we love it so much. And when you're able to innovate, you're able to make impact. And what we're talking about here is really Innovation for Impact, I call it. And of course, we've been able to bring on the show the Chief Executive Officer of Plaza Bridge Group, and her name is Teresa Spangler. And I call her sort of the queen of innovation. I mean, she has a great passion for helping organizations innovate new products and solutions. She does such a great job. Her entire team is remarkable. Teresa, welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Thank you, Andy. I'm excited to be here. It's great to have you. I mean, when we think about innovation, we think about strategies, we think about innovation to grow businesses. You're right in the middle of it all. Before we get started, let's sure. pull the lens back to 30,000 feet and tell us about Plaza Bridge Group, and then we're going to dive into it. Absolutely. So um, Plaza Bridge Group does focus on the growth side of business, which a lot of times is about innovating something new. Uh, looking for a new market, um, leveraging technologies in a new way, um, evolving your product strategy, but it's everything kind of net new to the business and and giving you that ability for some sustainable growth. So we're sort of future forward planners, thinkers, helpers, doers. With a, I would say, with a strong bent on, we love to focus on innovation for good. So things that are there that help humanity, help businesses, help people. Um, so we do have a lot of focus on that area. I love it. Humanity for good. It's so great. Now, there's a lot of companies and everybody, if you're in business, is looking for new revenue growth. Of course, you're looking right. for agility, innovation, digital transformation, creativity. I mean, yes. these are all things that can make a business very secure in today's day and age. And this is an area that you do help many companies in as well. So let's talk about how you look at new revenue growth for your clients. Well, a lot of times, you know, when we're talking, the client knows that they want to get out of maybe a status quo that they're potentially in. We've had some real challenges and the world of uncertainty is just caving on everyone. And so when you have that, your core team needs to stay focused. So many times, where the resources that can come in and put attention on planning for the future and giving additional resources to the team so they can continue focusing on day to day. Um, so that that sometimes might be 
maybe there's an innovation effort inside of a company that might be a larger company and they have an innovation team and they need more resources or they need validation or new ideas or organization to how, you know, which one of these widget IP things should we spin out next? Um, and then you have a lot of midsize and smaller startups don't have those resources, but the CEO knows we've got to look at next. And my team can't afford to just focus on anything that they're doing right now. So help us with next. Um, are we targeted to the right customers? Are we do our does our product need to scale with? Do we need to add AI? Do we need to have a whole new product? What do we need to do? And so we start a lot of times at the very, very basic, where are you today? What's your current state? So we help them evolve that story by pulling the onion back. So that's many times. Sometimes I know exactly. And many, many times and more than not, they need help figuring out. I know what I don't know. I don't know what I don't know, right? That, that. So we rarely get, I know what I don't know. It's, I don't know what I don't know. Right. It makes sense, of course. And, you know, you use analytics and you use data, you know, a, a very rigorous, you know, analytical mindset and data set to help your clients, of course. And one thing that you really specialize in is building value. And I love that so much. And, you know, when you think about your clients and you think about sort of whether it's a go-to market approach or a new approach uh, to, a, to, an, to an existing situation, when someone reaches out to you, Teresa, what's that first phone calls sound like? I mean, what are they saying? What's their big problem? Why are they reaching out to the company? Yeah, you know, it's, um, it's an excellent question. And I would say they, they're almost all the same, but very different, right? It's, so the, the core is um, there's so many priorities in the company, almost every company, right? There's so many priorities. But there is a need to get really tightly focused on our customer's next move. And so I think it's the concern that we know that we need to continue growing our customer base, but we don't necessarily know where they're looking at for the future. So how do we get ourselves planning our products in line with where the futures think, where the, where the customers think they want to go? So that's a lot of the discussion. Um, they know they want to grow their customers. They know they have great customers. Sometimes they know they need a new segment of customer, but it always centers in which we're really good at. Like what we do understand is customers and how they buy and what they're thinking and where they're, how to, to look at how they're planning, um, which is the most important part. And sometimes companies forget that part. We get so caught up in our, um, in our own, you know, wheel chase and uh, we love our products. That's great. We love them. But what about the customer? Gosh, I'm so happy you said that because we talk about that. So many entrepreneurs, they talk about their technology and their business and their offering. You talk to them for an hour and they don't talk about the customer. I mean, yeah. that's that's unbelievable. You know, Teresa, you've got a great article uh, that's, uh, that's on your website. It's called Breaking the Paradoxes to Innovate for Good. And I love yeah. that. I mean, it's a great idea. Let's talk about that and why that's so important to you. You know, it's one, two, it's um, one, it was, I wrote that as a chapter. I'm on the board of Janai, which is the Global Institute of Innovation, and they're a certification organization. 
So that's a chapter in the a book that we all, uh, seven of us wrote that were advisory board members. It, you know, when, when we're going in, almost all the time when we're going in, innovation is at conflict with the resources needed for the ongoing business. Um, so, I mean, I think we look at different kinds of conflicts. For example, if you, in, in the um, many years ago, we reviewed an entrepreneur that was screen, was 3D printing organs, ears, organs, heart, I mean, name it. And that's a reality. It can be done. The paradox is the regulatory world and getting it through right medical approvals and compliances and the, the vast challenges sometimes that when we're innovating, if we wait to the last minute to engage these people, we're going to be a long time coming before we get approvals potentially needed. So the paradox is, you know, it, the paradoxes are there. Is it compliance? Are we dealing with people issues or fear? What are those things? So the opportunity is engage where we believe those challenge points are going to be very early from the idea on so that they have input into it. And it's going to help a lot of entrepreneurs overcome potential roadblocks as you're going through this process of innovating something new. Um, and there's yeah. so many different paradoxes. I mean, they're just, you know, I've got examples in that article, uh, but there's just so many different challenges you face when you are coming out with something brand new, disruptive, disruptive or not. If it's new, people are a little shy for those things. Yeah. And of course, if you have something new, the potential customer not might not even know how it helps them. So you have to educate them about the offering and then sell Excellent. it to them, right? That's a whole, you know, another discussion, right? That's a different paradox, getting customers adoption. Um, you know, the COVID vaccine is a very similar, in a very similar circumstance, right? So it's the adoption of things. And so many, we work with universities, um, you know, professors, for example, that have brilliant inventions, but, you know, you haven't tapped the adoption. Uh, what is it going to take for a human to want to buy this or a company that can see the value of that? How are you approaching that? What do you know about that whole buy cycle? Many of the, especially in the medical world, um, if you've got a medical invention, you want to sell it to a hospital, the regulatory and the purchasing processes of hospitals are incredibly challenging. And it just you just can't go in and call the doctor and say, hey, do you want to buy this? And I think those are the things we really try to help our customers understand. So when we're working on an innovation project, if I can give an example, if that's okay, um, we might we will take it from maybe inception all the way to first customer so that we can design what that cycle looks like. What kind of salesperson do you need to actually sell this into this particular environment? What are those value propositions that are being heard by the customer that makes sense? Wow, you've unpacked it so beautifully. I mean, I'm going to have to rewind this myself just to listen to that again. I mean, there's so much great information. Now, Thank you. I'm going to ask a question that I don't think I've ever asked on the show before to any of the entrepreneurs we've ever had on the show. And you're a prolific writer, and we've, written, we've, we've read some of your writings. They're fantastic. For the people that like, you know, informative writing, go on Teresa's, you know, website, follow her. She's got a book, of course, out there. 
you wrote an article, Business Survival Lessons mm. from Hiking Mountain Trails. And here's the question. What can we learn? What can you teach the entrepreneurs about a bear <laughs> alert and being prepared? You know, there's so many examples I can give you about hiking. Well, so, you know, from... Um, and my husband and I are prolific hikers. We've hiked the um, Camino de Santiago twice in Spain. And we live in bear country, so I have to check my cameras every day. I go out my door um, in the morning. So, uh, you know, it's preparation. It, you know, the, even it's, it's the, the thought of you're going on a long journey. And an entrepreneurial endeavor, a business endeavor is a long journey that you should prepare for the unexpected. And it's hard sometimes to do. Uh, so I think it's that anticipa anticipatory scenario building. So if, you know, we didn't have bear spray when we were hiking. However, three bears land in front of my front door and they like to hike the mountain range behind us. So I now carry bear spray. I should have thought about that before. I mean, what other things could we do to be more aware of safety? Uh, if you're hiking long distances, where are the places you can stop and get clean water? I mean, just it's all of these little, little planning things that sometimes we take for granted that the resources are going to be there or this, you know, the journey has been easy to this point. So why should I even prepare? I, and I think that's um, sometimes the falling point of an entrepreneur. It's I got venture money. I'm ready to go. Did you think about the milestones that the venture and your board are going to be looking for? Have you planned out what happens if you don't hit a milestone? Have you thought about the taxes on the first couple of million that you're going to make? <laughs> These things are really important. And larger companies have been through this, but some of the smaller entrepreneurs that we work with really preparing for that. But even in larger companies, scenario planning um, anticipatory for the unexpected. It, I mean, it, you know, the agility that we've all gained over the last few years is fatiguing. So we're now battling fatigue with continuing to build this resiliency in companies that we need. Yeah, so interesting. I'm, I'm just, you know, sort of mesmerized as you're talking. There's so much more to unpack. I'm going to have to bring you back on the show for a full hour. Now, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this because we, we touched on it earlier, but I think it's so important. And since I have you on the show, I want to really get into it a little bit more deeply. You know, sure. one thing that you say, people are at the center. Technology is the co-pilot. Let's right. unpack that a little bit because, again, that goes back to so many entrepreneurs and startup founders. They're all, you know, driven by their AI and, you know, they're trying to build robots and everything else. But Sometimes they forget about putting people at the center. So let's talk about that. It's, it's true. I mean, hum, the human psyche is delicate and we forget that. And, you know, um, you think about the what we fear with AI and jobs, yet I'm going to introduce and, you know, an example is a conversational chat application that maybe lives in your pocket and helps to be a coach and guide because it's got a lot of the knowledge that a um, you know psychologist or a business coach might have on it. Well, what does that do to all the coaches out there? How are they thinking about that? What's the trust that you're going, how are you going to build trust with users? 
And we forget that those people are the ones that we, we want to learn from, we want to engage and educate, we want to make them feel comfortable. And if we haven't addressed the security and the privacy um, things up front, which a lot of times is an afterthought for technology companies, if we aren't cautious and really think through these things and help to ease the, the um, fears that humans have, they're the, they're the user, they're your customer, they're the buyers, whether it's in a business-to-business -business, you know, sell or it's a human-consumer sell. We are the people that will enable you to be successful. So engage us, engage us more, help us alleviate the fear of what you're doing and ask us questions. <laughs> yeah, I love it. And of course, one thing about asking questions is you like to give answers. And on your website, I mean, you have such incredible, you know, white papers and so much information that people can download. I mean, you have a great guide called the, you know, how CEOs can increase profitability through critical decision making. That's just one of them. I mean, anyone can go to your website, get all this information for free. So I want to talk to you about that because one thing that's very apparent about what you're doing and what Plaza Bridge is really all about is that you like to help people, right? Yes. It almost seems like your entire business starts with this whole idea that I'm going to help people. And after I help them, good things are going to come to me. So let's talk about that. Where did that idea, that philosophy come from in your life, you know, Teresa? It's not an idea or philosophy. It's how I grew up. I mean, my parents and my husband's parents who's in the business with me, we, we were we are um, grounded in wanting to help people. I mean, it's why we're on this earth, I believe. You know, we're, if we're not here to foster and inspire and to help people through, you know, challenges or good times or, or be, you know, a community, I, I, you know, it's not worth anything to me. But going into a company when you are, the psyches are delicate inside a company. So when you're bringing in teams to potentially do something brand new, people get nervous. And so we've, you know, we've taken a mentoring role in the work that we do so that we're not having people feel like their backs are against the wall. I mean, companies, especially in the technology field, we're, you know, a lot of times throwing out people like popcorn. It's like, well, hire and hire, you know, fire and hire and fire. So our if we can help educate and mentor someone into a role to understand how to deliver their value better, we've done our job. We're not there to stay forever um, unless you, you know, we'll continue. We have to continue adding value, but we can mentor new product people. We can mentor the innovation efforts. We can mentor teams to be performing at a much more productive level. We can mentor you on how to go get these customers or to think about it. And that's just inherent. It's an inherent thing that, that all of us and people that work for us gravitate to that same culture and desire. We're creative. We like to problem solve, but we at the center of all of it is the people and what we can do to help them. Yeah, I love it. What comes across, obviously, is you and your team, you're very compassionate. And there's this old saying, the more you give, the more you get. And I really feel that you just want to give, 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 and then you get in return in an infinite, infinite amount of, you know, things that come back to you. Before I let you go, yeah, I want to talk about the R, pardon me, the PBG Labs. 
Okay, those are mm -hmm. uh, the labs where you really help simplify and uh, the design of various products. You know, you sort of help the integration and delivery of new products. Let's talk about the labs. What's the labs all about? And why do people reach out to you and they say, hey, Teresa, we've heard about the labs. We, we want in. Well, it's, you know, it's our playground. It's, it's where we can, um, you know, bring different technologies together and integrate them and play. And so sometimes it may be that we have done so many things in our lab with different customers and we can ourselves put different kinds of products together based on our knowledge and experience but it helps to influence what we might do inside of a customer. So the labs has been a, a real, more of an inspiring thing that when we're in a customer, we can talk about some of these things we've done in the lab and how they might influence a new idea, a new product or, um, you know, technologies that we're working with or a product that we're working with inside of a company. But if a company has interest in us bringing in, an idea into the lab and bringing a collaborative set of people around it, then we do that. And sometimes we work with military on, on certain aspects like that. We'll bring in, you know, not civilians to be thinking about different ways to innovate something that we need in the, in the country, or we're working with a consumer products company and they want a collaborative effort to think about how, you know, what's the next new metaverse, you know, thing, whatever that is. <laughs> Sounds so much fun. I mean, wow, I'd love to just be a, you know, a fly on the wall, as they say, just to watch this experimentation go on with you at the leadership helm. It sounds so interesting. Now, before I let you go, I know you've only cut out a certain amount of time. I have one last question. You have a sure. book, All That I Am Now That I Know. Yeah. It's 17 Life Lessons for Women Entrepreneurs on Dreaming Big. Can I say the rest of it? You can. Failing Big and dusting off your ass to do it all over again. I love it. All right, so let's go. One life lesson. Pull one from the book. Let's give one life lesson to the entrepreneurs watching the show. Believe you can do it. Believe you can step into that CEO role and you can lead your company, your idea to success. Um, you know, I think it's don't let the um, imposter syndrome get you stopping doing things. So I, th I think that's the one lesson. There's so many cer certainly um, lessons around that one, but that one's probably the biggest one. I love it. Believe in yourself. I mean, you are such a calm, straight shooter. I love it so much. I can see why you resonate for your clients. I mean, they come to you, you've got the labs and you do so much work that you're so passionate about to help companies innovate for impact. It's powerful. Yes. Teresa, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show. I mean, this has been a great interview. I'm going to bring you back. And thanks so much for coming on the dot-com magazine entrepreneur spotlight series today. Yeah, Andy, thank you. It was a pleasure. And I appreciate you reaching out and inviting me. Thank you. Yes.